Welcome to this message from the teaching ministry of University Presbyterian Church in Orlando, Florida, under the leadership of Senior Pastor Mike Osborne. Now let us prepare our hearts as we read the scripture passage. Philippians 3, 12 through 16. Not that I have already obtained all that all that all this or have already been made perfect but i press on to take hold of that for which christ jesus took hold of me brothers i do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it but one thing i do forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead i press on toward the goal to win the prize for which god has called me heavenward in christ jesus all of us who are mature should take such a view of things and if on some point you think differently that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. The word of the Lord. Let me pray again. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable and pleasing to you. And I pray that as we leave here today, that we won't leave here saying, uh, what a great service or what a good message. But instead, we'll leave here saying, what a great Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of the message today is To Kiss the Past Goodbye. Well, when we look at our past, we tend to do one of two things. We either build ourselves up or we beat ourselves up. You know, we might even do a combination of both. But there's some of us in this room, when we look at our past, we feel as though we've arrived. We look back and say, wow, I've made it. Look at how far I've come. Look at what I've been able to accomplish. And we take pride in all of our past accomplishments and achievements. There's some of us in this room who look back at our past and we just beat ourselves up. We relive every negative experience that we've ever encountered. We go back to every mistake we've made and we can't move forward. We end up feeling defeated, discouraged, and we end up being depressed. Well, the Apostle Paul in this text is encouraging all of us to kiss the past goodbye, to let it go. One thing as we look at the, or two things as we look at the past we have to remember is this. The first is that we are imperfect, and the second is that we have a God of grace. So we're going to be keeping those two points in mind as I talk about this passage this morning. So for those of us in the room here who look at our past and build ourselves up, we may have this saying that's in our mind. And that is, the older I am, the better I was. (laughs) Well, some of you know, but last month I just turned 30. I'm revealing my age. (laughs) and I'm a young guy, but I just turned 30, and 15 years ago, I was was just reflecting on this a couple months ago, 15 years ago, I played quarterback in high school. I played one year. Well, the older I get, the better I was, apparently, and I've been thinking about those days, and I've always said, well, if I just stuck it out, I, I think I could have played college quarterback. I even sometimes go as far as saying, I could have played in the NFL, Well, we got a problem (laughs) 
If you look at me, I'm under six feet tall, a little under 200 pounds. There's not one quarterback in the NFL who is under six feet tall. So who am I kidding, (laughs) right? John Maxwell in his book, Today Matters, said that when we look at our past successes, we often view them in hindsight as something much bigger than they actually are. And he he gives an example of a guy named Tom. And six years ago, Tom was awarded Businessman of the Year in his department because he was able to make the most sales in his sales department. Well, for the past five years, Tom has been in a major slump. Now, why do you think Tom has been in a slump? He's been in a slump because he's too busy reflecting on his glory days of when he was Employee of the Year, that he hasn't been able to move forward. He hasn't been able to adapt with the times and change. When we look at our past successes and we take pride in it and we feel as though we've done it, it's out of our abilities, what happens is we end up becoming not only prideful, but we can become complacent. And the Apostle Paul is talking to a group of people here who are dealing with this very thing. In fact, earlier in this chapter, verse 2, he calls these false teachers mutilators of the flesh. Dogs, men who do evil. In other words, Paul is is really writing this letter to Christians, encouraging them to stay away from these false teachers who are promoting a false doctrine. And these teachers are rule followers. They're people who look at their past and say, look what I've done. I've kept all the rules. I'm going to give myself a pat on the back for doing that. They even believed, these false teachers, they believed that they could attain some kind of perfection in this life. If they were circumcised, that got them into heaven. If they followed some of the, or they followed all of the ceremonial laws of Moses, like the dietary laws and everything else, if they followed that, then they were good to go. But Paul is saying, nope, that's not going to get you to heaven. And that's not going to get you an award. In this passage, Paul says clearly that we are imperfect people. Look with me in verse 12. In verse 12, Paul says, not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect. The original language of the New Testament is Greek. And the Greek word perfect here is in the present tense as if to say that he was not perfected once for all when he was converted. So in other words, Paul is saying, when Jesus changed my heart from the inside out, I was changed, I was a new person, but I still struggle with sin. I'm imperfect. So in verse 12 he says it, but then again in verse 13 he makes his point clear in that he's not perfect by saying, brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. In other words, Paul is saying, I count not myself to have been perfected once for all. He's making the clear point that there's no such thing as perfect people. He's making that point because he wants to be clear to these false teachers and to the, Christ, the Christians of Philippi that you can't be perfect. It's not up to you. It's up to Jesus. But the other point Paul makes is that we have a God of grace. Look again at verse 12. 
He starts out saying, not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. You see, Jesus has taken hold of us. He is the one who has changed us. Even though we are imperfect, he is perfect. And he helps us through our imperfections. We have been set free. We are no longer condemned. Paul is saying here, I want Jesus. I want to know him. And I want to be more like him. Jesus has taken hold of my heart. And I want to follow him with all of my heart. Look again at verse 13. Paul says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Once again, we see that it is Christ Jesus who is helping Paul. Earlier in this chapter, chapter 3, Paul's saying, I could, I could brag about all the things I've done. And he gave a list of all the things he's accomplished. But he said, look. I couldn't do it if it weren't for the grace of God. The only reason and the only way I was able to accomplish these things was by his grace in Jesus Christ. So, if you are here this morning and your kids are well behaved, they're obedient, it's only by God's grace. If you are here this morning and you have good health, it's only by the grace of God. If you are here this morning and your work is going very well, it's only by the grace of God. The fact that we are here this morning, we're breathing air, we're alive, is by the grace of God. We, we can't take any credit for it. We have to give the credit to whom the credit is due. And that credit goes to God. That's why earlier when we announced that we brought in $2,500, it was really God who brought it in. And he deserves the glory, right? He deserves the credit for that. So we see here in verse 12 that Christ took hold of Paul. In verse 14, that God, call, God called Paul heavenward in Christ Jesus. It's really the work of the Lord who is stirring in Paul. It's really the Lord who has changed him in order for him to accomplish good things and in order for him to strive on. So if you're in this room today and you look at your past successes and you just puff yourself up and you say, wow, I've arrived. Let me give you a newsflash. You haven't. Jesus has. And if you follow him, then everything will be okay. What I mean by that is you're not going to be all hunky-dory but he is the only one who will truly satisfy you. He will satisfy your every longing. He's what you're missing out on if you haven't trusted in him. Now, there are other people in this room who look at their past and they just beat themselves up. You know who you are. You look back and you relive every negative experience. You play the what if game. You ask the question, well, what if I just did that? You even play the if-only game. You ask yourself, well, if, if only I had just done that, then things would be different. 
you know, I fall in more in this category than the other one. I'll be honest with you. I look at my life and I look back at my past and there's still things I, I struggle with. And I've got to beat this gospel in my head every day to move on from that. I'll give you an example. Even when I speak sometimes, not always, but when I speak afterwards, one of the first questions I ask my wife or those close to me, I ask, well, how did I do? And I think some, some of it's good because I need to get constructive feedback, but a lot of it is I just, I beat myself up. And I'm always criticizing myself. Well, I should have said that, or I didn't say it this way, and I forgot to say that, or my grammar was off here and there. Why do I do that? It's silly. My wife, a few months ago, was talking to me, and for those of you men in here who are married, your wife is a good uh, sounding board, but also a good person to kind of hold your feet to the fire and hold you accountable. Well, I was telling her this, and my wife just said, Seth, it's not about you, buddy. She said, it's about who you're speaking for to glorify God, and it's also about who you're speaking to. And so when she said that, I realized I was being selfish. I was so self-absorbed with my mistakes that I wasn't even thinking about the big picture. I think we do this all the time, don't we? You could be playing sports and you could look back at the past and and say, wow, I, I can't believe I made that mistake. It was all my fault. I let the team down. You could do this in your work. Wow, I let the team down. You could do this with your family. Wow, I let my family down. But here's the truth. You aren't perfect. I've heard pastors say this before and I would echo it. This pastor, John Wood in Knoxville, the pastor I I grew up listening to, he said this. He said, if you knew everything about me, you wouldn't want me as your pastor. But then he said, but if I knew everything about you, I would get a little squeamish. Because every one of us is broken, that's the beauty of the gospel, isn't it? That's why our confidence is in Christ alone. Our security is not based on how well we do or don't do but on Jesus Christ alone. Pastor Ligon Duncan of Mississippi said it this way. He said, the fact we are not there yet is your charter of hope in this life. It's the truth of my present imperfection and that God is progressively changing me and molding me to be more like Christ that keeps me from giving up. If I thought where I am now was as far as I was ever going to be, I'd give up today. I'd have no hope. The fact that I have not arrived there yet, that gives me hope and it gives me comfort. Duncan is right. If all of us thought we were as far as we were ever going to be, we'd all be depressed. It's important for us when we look at our past mistakes to learn from them. But we can't just sit around sulking in our misery. We have a race to run. And the good news about this race as we're running it is that we're not running this race alone. We have a God of grace who is right next to us, running with us. You see, Jesus Christ has forgiven all of our wrongs. I love the passage in 1 Corinthians 13 where it says that love keeps no record of wrong. Jesus keeps no record of wrong. So whatever mistake you've made in the past, let it go. 
Jesus isn't keeping track of it. And if Jesus isn't tracking our wrongs, neither should we. In fact, we shouldn't beat ourselves up and we shouldn't blame other people either. Let me ask you this question. What in your past is causing you to beat yourself up? I want you to remember something. We have the ruler, the ruler over the heavens and the earth on our side. If this doesn't give you hope, I don't know what will. Where we are weak, he is strong. In verse 15, Paul says, all of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Paul is telling us to remember the goal. The goal is Christ. The goal is to strive to be more like him. The goal is to rely upon his grace as we do so. But it's so easy for us to get distracted. I think about it if you're running in a marathon. Let's say you're running and you look back all the time. (laughs) Well, what will happen if you keep looking back? A couple things will happen. First, the people behind you will pass you. But more importantly, as you look behind, you're going to run into something and fall flat on your face. The point Paul is making here is avoid distractions. Stay focused. Concentrate on the prize. And that prize is Jesus. That's all Paul wanted to do, was to know Christ, to love Christ, to make him known. When you leave here today, you're going to be bombarded with distractions. You're going to be hungry. You're going to see advertisements everywhere for food. You're going to be distracted on everything. You might have somebody cut you off on the highway and you might be frustrated. Whatever it may be, I would just encourage you, stay focused on Jesus, on the prize. There's two things I wanted to share about this concept that I really want to close with. And that is this. When we look at our past, we need to remember things. We need to remember the works of his hands. We don't need to look back and beat ourselves up or build ourselves up, but we need to look back and reflect upon how God has provided for us, how he has helped us. In fact, the the, the theme of remembrance appears time and time again throughout the Bible. To remember God's miracles. To remember that he is there. The other thing I would say is a phrase that I love. And that is this. Yesterday ended last night. Yesterday ended last night. I love that phrase. Because it's so easy for us to be consumed with all of our past baggage. Or all of our past successes. When in all reality, today is a new day. And we must make the most of every opportunity. What Paul is saying here in verse 16 is clear. It's amazing because he says, Only let us live up to what we have already attained. We have been given so much as believers. Think about it. Our hearts have been changed from the inside out. We're new. We not only have our hearts changed, but we have the Bible that we can read and learn more about God and what he wants for our lives. We have each other, a fellowship of believers that encourage us and comfort us as we are down. 
that rejoice with us when we are up. We have a God who that we, we can pray to any time. So we've attained so much. We need to live up to that. But let me say this. We have so much more to experience in Christ. I believe the best is yet to come. Because the more and more we live, the more we will be able to experience him. And most importantly, he'll be coming soon. And we'll get to see him face to face. There's an idea that I would say to you to get in your mind, and that's this. Every day you live is one step closer to heaven. It's one day closer to heaven. So keep that in mind. As you know, each day that I wake up in the morning, I'm one day closer. But until I see him face to face, I'm going to rely upon his grace. I'm going to realize I'm not perfect and that I need him more than anything. And I'm going to rely upon him. And if I do that, I'll be able to press on. And that's the message this morning. To press on in faith. To strive for holiness. To keep your focus on Jesus. He's the only one who will satisfy your every longing. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us this gift of grace. It's a gift that we didn't deserve. But we thank you that you are the God of grace. We also thank you that despite our imperfections, you are perfect. And you help us in the midst of our struggles. Lord, as we approach this table now, it's a table of thanksgiving. And I pray that you'll stir in our hearts thankfulness. Thankfulness of knowing that you have paid it all for our sins, that we aren't in this race alone, that you're with us. I pray that you'll help us to keep our gaze and our focus on you. I pray that we won't look behind us at our past and build ourselves up or beat ourselves up, but instead that we will remember the works of your hands, give you the credit, and keep trucking along, knowing you're with us. Thank you that one day we'll be able to see you face to face, but until that time, please continue to stir in us a heart of compassion and a heart of love for you. In Jesus' name, amen. We at University Presbyterian Church thank you for listening to this message. Our mission is to help people know God, grow together, and serve others. To learn more about the church or how to have a vital relationship with God, visit our website at www.upc-orlando.com or call our offices at 407-384-3300.